0: That's no, you have to worry Man, this out. place is awesome. I've coached a lot of good good football programs. Anson County is one of the top ones in North and Thompson. Mm-hmm. This place is awesome Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, it's got a state championship feel, that McKinley game.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it was. Love it. it. The East St. Louis game. That oh. was one of the most electric mm-hmm. atmospheres I've ever been in. That's one of the best games
0: I've been a part of. Shut
2: up and sit down. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the Week Eleven edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell, here with co-host Hank Piper, and today we have a special guest with us, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, uh, Coach Troxler. So, welcome to the show, Coach.
0: How you guys doing tonight?
1: Fantastic. Pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, well, let's just get right into it, uh, Coach Trox. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: well, um, what you want to know? Well, let's
1: just <laughs> you know, rattle off your whole football career. What led you to uh, our little town here? All right. Well, I'm
0: from uh um, from uh, MacBee, South Carolina. I um, played high school ball. Uh, went to Chawan College in Murfreesboro, North Carolina, the Division Three school. Played there. Um, got out of college and decided I wanted to coach. Um, and it's kind of unique, kind of where the map where I've coached. I've coached a lot of different states. Started off coaching in Virginia. I uh, coached defensive backs my first year as a football coach. Uh, at, at South um, Hampton Academy in Cortland Virginia which is right you know about 30 miles from Virginia Beach um, and then I you know I wanted to move move home so I went back home and and the head football coach at, uh, at MacBee, where he wasn't my head coach but but it's where I played at and he gave me a job and I worked there for one year and got um, uh, Ended up getting offered a job uh, Met a guy at a coaching clinic And got um, a job At Anson County High School In North Carolina And Anson County is um, a lot like um, I mean not quite as big As, as, as uh, you know The name Maslin you know? um, But it's, if you go down To North Carolina I mean Anson County is one of the premier programs In the state of North Carolina And I coached uh, secondary there For three years um, and then my head coach there um, took a job in Georgia. And uh, he took me with him as his offense coordinator. And then uh, that's when we moved to Georgia. I met my wife in North Carolina. and She's from Ohio, by the way. She's from Stowe. It's kind of an interesting story how we met. Um, but anyway, uh, we moved down to Georgia. And I was an offense coordinator down there for him for three years. Um, then I got my first head coaching job. I was a head coach for a few years, Um, and then I got offered a job at uh, Thompson High School, which is also similar to and a lot of tradition. Um, In the state of Georgia, Thompson's a pretty big name. Um, They offered me to, a friend of mine got the job and called me and offered me the offense coordinator job there. I went there. Um, We had a really good run there. Played in the state championship my second year there. Lost to um, Cartersville which they had a pretty good quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, lit us up in the Georgia Dome. Um, And then um, I moved up here. Um, So I'm here at Maslin now and love it. It's the greatest job I've ever had. So, um, you know, that's kind of my coaching background. So I started off on defense and then um, kind of just by chance moved to to offense and and, uh, been a coordinator, head coach in the past 10 years on offense side ball. So – uh, that's kind of my coaching background.
1: So, uh, what side of the ball did you play on?
0: Offense. Played quarterback in high school, and then I played slot, wide receiver in college. Um, so I played offense. Yeah. So, but I think I think it's good. Anytime, I mean, when you, when you're looking at getting in coaching, I always tell young guys, you know, if uh, if you got an opportunity to work on the other side of the ball, do that. You know, like Cop- like Coach Copeland last year was on offense. This year he's on defense. And I think it just makes you a better um, better football coach if you coach both sides of the ball at some point in your career. So I was I was blessed that you know I really enjoyed. I always envisioned myself being. I always wanted to be a defense coordinator. You know, early on in my uh, coaching career, and then um, you know we got we moved down to Georgia and we took a defense coordinator with us and. And Coach Grooms, because I came with him and been loyal, he kind of threw the offense coordinator thing in my lap. I got thrown in the fire probably before I was ready. But um, but it was the best thing ever happened to me. So, you know, it was good.
2: So when it comes to being an offensive coordinator, I mean, how many times have you had to change your scheme to match the personnel that you have? Or do you have one specific style that you prefer over the others?
0: You know, I think – You know, of course, I got a certain style that I like to do, you know, and and, and, um, one of the reasons we, uh, me and Mazer works so well together is because we, both our styles are similar, you know, but I think you can maintain that same style and adjust it with your personnel, you know, I think, you know. When people say, well, I'm a wing tee only guy. Well, you know, you may get somewhere and, you you, you know, you might be better. I, I, I like to be as multiple as you can so you can adjust, especially in high school. You know, um, I do prefer to be no huddle, you know, but that's not really. You can be no huddle and run power zone, trap, buck suite, whatever, you know. So I think it's very important, especially as a high school offense coordinator, to be real flexible um, on your scheme. So
1: uh, you said you prefer no huddle. Is there any particular reason that's the system you like?
0: Just so you don't have to like rip kids and make them do up downs because they won't get out of the huddle. <laughs>
1: no, that's not that's
0: not it. But no, I you know when I started off being an offense coordinator, we were in the huddle and um, we would line up in cheetah wide, you know, rip seven over here, and you know we it got wordy and communicating that and and it's funny how i went we started going no huddle at lakeside i was i'd just taken the head coaching job at lakeside year before that we'd put in a little two minute no huddle thing where we would signal in and and you know kind of a two minute deal well then in 2010 it was my first year as a head coach and um i remember like it was yesterday it was in october where i was watching arizona and oregon play I was just amazed of how fast Oregon was playing. I was like, man, that's really cool. We need to put in a package like that, you know, where we go real fast. And then we did it, and we had some success at it. And it was was more of a two-minute thing. Well, then that was the same year that um, Cam Newton and Gus Malzahn won the national championship at Auburn. And so it was kind of the new thing. Everybody, you know, playing fast. Tulsa had – think Chad Morris was at Tulsa that year yeah whatever you know so I was really intrigued by it so that offseason I went to Auburn and sat down with Gus Malzong and learned his system and you know no huddle and then um, and then I came up here uh, my wife like I said earlier she's from Ohio we came up here to you know I don't I don't know what it was just hang out with her parents whatever they live up in Strongsville and I'm sitting on the couch, and I looked down, and there's a Glazer Clinic in Cleveland. I'm like, well, I'm out, y'all. Y'all go do whatever y'all want to do. I'm gonna run over. I got the season pass. I'm gonna run over here to the Glazer Clinic, and I heard the guy that used to be the offense coordinator here, at Jocko um, Eunuch, He was at St. Ed's, and I heard him speak about the no huddle he ran at St. Ed's. You know, and and after going to Auburn spring ball, after hearing um, St. Ed's guys speak. I was like, man, I remember like yesterday, I called my uh, offense line coach. I was like, hey, man, we're going no huddle. And he's like, no, I don't, you know, because we ran no huddle when I was in high school because Rich Rod uh, was the offense coordinator at Clemson. And my head coach was just, he just loved it. You know, And but it was real wordy. It's not what it is today. And that's what, you know, and we worked through it. And there's another guy that was the offense coordinator at Gardner-Webb University we met with. and. Just ever since then, it's just, you know, it, I, I'd never go back to huddling. I just, I just like it. There's so much more you can do. The play clock lasts longer, you know. Uh, I know you all seen us check before mm-hmm. and try to, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. you can end up with the marker last, you know, uh, being no huddle. So I just really like it, that style of play. The ability to go real fast and then the ability to work at your own pace. Which you guys see us do a lot, you know. I wouldn't say we're super fast no huddle, you know. We can be, but we can, you know. We also like to be able to make sure we're in a good look.
1: So, like you said, you know, in the huddle it got a little wordy, and with the spread teams, I think with the fastest moving ones, they go one or two word play calls Mm -hmm. where it tells everything, you know, formation protection run pass whatever Mm -hmm. how do you find the balance between say being multiple enough to change you know certain things in the in a play that you want to run to not getting so wordy that you know plays turn into a paragraph right
0: yeah you know when we were using a lot of motions and stuff when we were huddling back in the day you know I had to put on a call sheet, and I had to give the quarterback a wristband. And, you know, it's like, what are we doing? Looking back, I'm like, what are we doing? You know, you can say all that in one word. You know, and I think it gives the kids the ability to think more of a concept than, you know, this, this. Now, we do tag stuff now, and if you look at it on paper, some of our play calls do look wordy. But if you think about it, you know they're only looking at one thing. you know only one signal indicates that without going into it on the podcast how we call plays. but you know um, you know it just I think it helps kids play faster, think more about their job you know when you can do all that. I know it helps it helps me remember things better you know because I think when you get too wordy, but you don't want to back yourself in the corner and be too simple. Kids can handle a lot more than you what you think. You know, I think when coaches say, "Well, well, you know, that's too much to kids," you know, make them think. Well, you got to push them a little bit now. You know, put some faith in them, and that's your job as a football coach. I coach them up. You know, so you know, I think you got to have good balance of not being too much, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, try to keep everything condensed in one word packages, I guess.
2: So when you are in this no huddle and you're making checks, like, at the line, the defense is already, you know, fairly lined up. Right. So you already kind of get a look at what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that play a big part in whether you're making a check or not?
0: Yeah, a lot of times is, you know, we really want to see the front, you know, and it, it, it's mainly if teams are really mixing things up on us. And instead of trying to guess right, we want to check it and make sure we're in the right look before we call a play. You know, because you know, I don't want I want to I don't want to be out there on a Friday night trying to guess correct. You know, I want to be able to to see and and you know if I'm unsure, just check it. You know, or you know because sometimes defense coordinators they'll get smart with you now and they'll they'll after you check they'll check. You know, so you got to be ready for that. Yes, and you do that through scouting them and making sure that um, and giving your quarterback. You know, it all runs through Longwell. You know, I mean, it all runs through him. If 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 you know, they give us if let's say we check and then the D C checks, you know, our quarterback's gotta get us right. So you wanna make sure you give him plenty of options, but keep it simple for everybody else.
1: Yeah, like you said with Longwell, how the offense runs through him. When you call a certain play, do you have an idea of what he's going to do with the ball, or is it that he has an idea of what you want him to do with the ball? Like, is it are you teaching him how to think, or do you kind of learn how he thinks?
0: Um, that is a really good question. You know, he and I meet. He and I meet, and and he's thinking like the way I would want. He's doing what I would want him to do with the football. You know, and let's say on some of our RPO stuff, you know, uh, he and I, you know, Monday morning, uh, you know, we'll talk and we'll go through things on the board and we'll, you know, hey, if this, this guy does this, you do this. If he does that, you do this, you know, and Huddle's huddle's an unbelievable tool. You know, let's say he makes, you know, he made a mistake yesterday on an RPO, you know, and then I just go on film, note it up, you know, if you can tag things on it. And, and I send it to him, and then today I put him in the same exact situation he made the correct read. And Who's then sometimes he makes that? a mistake, mm-hmm. but you have to live with it. And, you know, it is what it is. And then you coach it up and hope, you know, you don't want it to make it happen again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to put him in situations in practice. That way, you know, we'll, I'll try to bait Aiden into making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. you know on the cards you know we draw scout cards every day Yeah. you know and, and I'll I'll bait him a little bit you know hoping that he makes a mistake in practice mm-hmm. so I can correct it on film you know so I can say hey look you know this is why we're not doing that and then sometimes he makes the right decision and then you reinforce it as a coach on the film hey that's the right decision this is why you know so so you know to answer your question he's thinking like He's doing what I would want him to do. But it takes work during the week to to progress to that. And then just trusting that he's going to make the right decision. So, does that answer it? That was actually a really good question. (laughs) I get what you're asking.
2: Hey, thank you, Ed. Yeah, you you answered that one for sure. Yeah. All right, so one thing that uh, a lot of coaches have alluded to so far this year is that when you're coaching with Maslin, you tend to see – Defenses do a lot of things you've never seen them do before. Mm-hmm. So you have to prepare for the worst a lot. Um, and then with that, we face a lot of different types of defenses throughout the year. You know, how does all of that throughout the year benefit you as a coach and the players that have to go through all of it?
0: Yeah, n- number one, as a coach, it it really makes you better because you it makes you look in the mirror a lot and say, all right, you know, how are we going to handle this if they do that? And then at the end of the year, after you've seen everything, you kind of come up with your own adjustments and you can adjust that much faster. You know, this, this, the game is, is the game. You know, you getting the game and you, you got this, what you want to do. You know, those adjustments are what wins you football games. You know, you can, you know, the preparation and being ready to adjust. And nowadays with, you know, the huddle sideline, I know y'all see us on the sideline with the TVs and the, iPads, those type of things. You you can't wait till halftime nowadays to adjust. You know, and a lot of times if you're waiting till halftime to adjust, you're you're behind. You know, so um, as a coach, it it really makes you um, you know on top of your game. You know, um, on adjustments and and you know with the kids, you know, let's say Friday night we get something we didn't expect. But we can reference something that happened in the past. Hey, remember when we played Louisville and we did this, or you remember when we played Firestone or whoever? You know, we ended up having to do this because we got this front. The kids, oh yeah, 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 boom, and then there you go. You know, so um, you know it's good. It's it's frustrating sometimes as a coach because you draw up all these hundreds of cards all week, and then you walk out there and they're in something totally different. You're like, you know, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's good. It's a good thing because if they're running something they're not used to running, they're not going to be as good at it, you know. So, yeah, me personally as a defensive guy, I'd rather just – we're going to do what we do. We're going to be great at it and stop things. But I don't know why people like to just throw random stuff at you. So, we'll take it.
1: <laughs> um, Like you said, you know, kind of – adjustments and in a more broad sense answers to what's the challenge in having enough adjustments and answers in your playbook and your system versus having so many things you can't run any particular thing well
0: yeah um, coach Mazer and I made it a point to you know even last year hey you know this is what we're gonna do here here are our adjustments and this is what we do you know and, and I think sometimes people get caught up in chasing we I call it chasing ghost. You know, if this guy does this, we're gonna do this and this. You know, sometimes and then you end up like you said, you're not good at anything. You know, we're gonna run power. We're gonna find a way to run power. You know, and and if we need the RPO stuff, if we need some things back away from it, we're gonna work on that. But our number one run is power and inside zone. And that's what we do. And that's what we believe in. That's what our kids believe in. You know Coach Mazur tells them every week. You know, that's our number one goal is to run power. You know, and and yeah, I think that when we went into this past off season, you know, this is, you know, I didn't come in until May last year. Um, it was my first full off season, and Coach Mazur and I spent hours and hours and hours building our playbook to where it's a condensed package uh, with our answers already built in. So we're not sitting in there on the weekends just scheming up some random scheme, to you know. Hey, if they do this, you know, we do. We want everything already built in, and we want our kids to, to uh, you know, we send them out plate chunks of the playbook in the spring to study, you know, and and you know, they're getting the they're getting the whole thing in the spring, looking at the the playbook, and then in the summer, you know, we kind of go through installs that way, but. To answer your question, we try to we try to install all the answers on the front end, but you don't want to do so much that you're not good at anything. So yeah, sometimes sometimes people think it's it's too simple, but at the same time, you know, yeah think about how many reps you get of doing that over and over and over and over and over, over, you end up being really good at it.
2: When it comes to your playing calling every week, you know, how much of it is just based off of what the defense wants to give you? It seems like a lot of the defenses, you know, are trying to stop the run or trying to stop the pass, you know, one or the other. Right. I mean, how much does that affect you as a play caller?
0: Well, yeah, I'm always going to take what the defense is giving us, you know, and, and if they're going to give it to us, that's that's what we're going to do. Um, a lot of it is feel, you know. Um, it's just hard to explain. You know, I'm not one of those guys that just stares at the call sheet and goes off of that verbatim. You know, um, it's more of a feel. You know, obviously, if, if they're going to load the box, we're going to find a way to get our matchups, and whether it's motion or, or just line it up in a formation and get get our guys the ball. Um, but if they're going to lighten the box, we're going to run the football. You know, and, and it's all about, you know, a lot of people won't take what the defense is giving. A lot of people, you know, hey, I want to do this this and this and, this, and they end up going three and out when you just – if they're giving it to you, take it, you know, and sometimes it's, it may not be flashy, you know, it may not, you know, look great in a stat book, but there's only one column I care about and that's W, you know, so that's, that's um, you know, it's all about taking what defense gives you, I think, for me.
1: uh, <clears throat> You mentioned earlier, you and Mazer are putting together the playbook, mm-hmm. the mhm i guess the playbook and the whole system too is that both of your guys creation is that like kind of what one brought to the table and the other added to well it's
0: kind of it's it's unique because you know when i was down in georgia you know i was running basically the same offense you know and and um you know it's kind of me and mazer both you know uh, mazer developed last year he developed the the playbook and when i came in you know it was very similar which is part of the reason i got hired uh, i guess we'll tell you a story about how i got hired later on but you know um, we did we talked on the phone for like you know, five minutes Mazer was like hey this is the dude you know because we were we thought so much alike and our systems are were very very similar um just some changes here or there you know and and there's some things that i did that he really likes that we we do now there's some things that i didn't do that he does that i really that i really liked and then we're doing it now so we kind of you know really brought both our the system i ran down in georgia and then what he's always done we kind of brought it together and and we are what we are now and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to go to work and um you know so we we just kind of this past off season we really worked hard um together on, on building building the run game and the pass
1: game. So,
0: does that answer it?
1: <laughs> you got it. All right. <laughs> um, I think I tried to stumble through, I think it might have been Firestone, when we changed up how we ran outside zone with mm-hmm. the fullback kicking out the backside end. Right. And I tried to explain to the people how that makes it a more cohesive system because it looks a lot more like power. Right. Can you kind of – Explain or get into how, yeah. the difference between, say, having an offensive system and just having a collection of plays.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing when you have an offensive system, like we have a system, we don't just run plays, run plays. And, you know, as the season goes on, what was it, on week five? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about the right time. About week three or four or five. When you start to develop your tendencies, because all teams, you find out what you're going to be good at. You know, hell, one year you may be better at inside zone than you are power, you know, or you might be better at a certain formation than you are at other, you know. So about mid-season is when you go, okay, well, we need to make sure we are all about protecting your plays, you know. And then if we lead with the fullback every time on outside zone, that's telling everybody in the stadium, well, you know, if we put the back over here and the fullback over here they're running outside zone you know when he's over here they're running power so we had to make sure we made it look all the same you know we got to make everything look the same um that way we can uh, you know don't don't develop tendencies you know we got to have tendency breakers and um so that was a nice little change up that we stumbled on and you do that every year you know every every year it may be a little different and i think as a football coach if you all right yeah we worked on that playbook in march and april and may and put it all together but if you look at what we're doing now it's similar to what we worked on in march but but it it changes it grows a little bit because you see on film what you're good at and say okay well we need this we need to do it this way and then at the end of the season you go back and you change it all to what you did that season so you can remember it all and then um you just build off of it the next year so you got to be you got to be uh, willing to change but uh that was more of a you know we ended up we were so much same side power and we needed something away from the fullback you know so that's why we kind of changed adjusted landmarks for the running back and it's more of a mid zone than it is an outside zone so um, you know it's a it's a really good play better against even front teams than, than but you run against it's good against high front teams too but um but it's something we really needed away from the fullback.
2: So when it comes to the system, uh, to kind of get away from the run more into the pass, it seems like a lot of our routes are more vertical-based. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that a product of the system or the, at the talent that we have at receiver? Um,
0: you know, both. You know, you know, last year we threw so many hitches. And then, you know, when I was down in Thompson, we made a living on throwing hitches. I don't think we've thrown a hitch all year, have we?
1: (laughs) I don't think. I I
0: mean, you know, maybe on a smash. But, you know, we, you know, and and I've heard some of that criticism about, you know, not throwing any quick stuff. And we rep it. We've got it. We run it every day, you know, but it goes back to taking what the defense gives you. And uh, we've just been able to take more shots this year. We're really explosive at receiver, you know, and, uh, yeah. Longwell's got 20 something touchdowns. You know, we've got a ton of explosive passes. And a lot of it's taking what the defense gives us. Um, But we have it, you know, and ready to roll whenever we need it. Um, So we rep a lot of quick game. We rep, me and Coach Miller rep it every day in pre practice. And then we run it throughout our script. So we've got it. Um, But yeah, it's kind of a product of the system and taking what the defense are are giving us
2: so earlier in the year um at the time uh adrick ford was the leading receiver on the team statistically uh when he went down how much of that changed the play calling uh especially when you didn't have that immediate next guy up at the time
0: right yeah you know um i don't think it changed much of the play calling um yeah, you know, obviously we still tag some of our RPO stuff out out to to the Z but it definitely early on you know it, it kind of it mentally you're you're just not too comfortable until you start repping that you know the bunch of guys there you know so yeah mentally you're like man you know maybe we need to work away from this and but trayvon did a great job stepping up and, and filling in if you think about it that's when we started hitting Trey a little more on some crossing stuff it made us it forced us to develop some things with Trayvon underneath. Um, you know, he just exploded out of nowhere in that East St. Louis game, catching some mesh routes and some drag tags off our four verticals. You know, and um, you know, other guys stepped up. You know, so as far as play calling, it, you know, it changed a little bit. You know, because you know, there's, you know, yeah, our, our guys. Uh, do a good job, they work real hard, but there's something to be said for all that experience Adrick brings to the table. You know, I I remember vividly against um, St. V, first game. We ran, um, you know, where we run the post down the Mm -hmm. middle, and he just stops. You know, the mic's dropping real deep, and he just stops, and we hit him, you know, we hit him right over in the middle, and he turned it into like a 17-yard gain. You know, younger guys may not do that. You know, they, and 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 not that they're not coached up to do that, or that's just a game time. You know, game type reps, game experience that, that those other guys need. So, you know, I think that uh, you know our guys are developing there, but but Adrian just brought a little bit um, more savviness to what he was doing because he's had so much ex- game
2: experience so it sounds like he had a a pretty good feel of, you know, where to kind of drop against the zone or against the coverage. Uh, How many of your routes are dictated by what kind of coverage they're going against?
0: Uh, A lot, all of them, really. You know, obviously there's some of our stuff that has to be on time and they're going, you know, they're going to do what they do. But, you know, we're never going to run into coverage, you know, if – you know, if we gotta adjust our post, or we have to flatten out our post, or make it fatter, or whatever, you know, our kids are gonna do that, and our quarterback does a really good job of, of managing that. You know, he he kind of knows, you know, if you know, say Ballard's running a post, and the safety's in the middle field jumping in, or whatever, and he needs to take it higher. You know, Aiden knows where to put that ball. You know, to kind of carry in there. And Coach Miller, I know y'all had him on here. He he's he's the best receiver coach I've ever worked with. You know, and he does a tremendous job of of coaching those guys, spending time with those guys in the offseason on film, and, you know, and on when we do our, when you can work with seven guys at a time, you know, teaching those guys those type of things. Um, so a lot of it, you know, is, 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 you know, being able, you know, because we don't want, we don't want to handcuff our guys. You know, if, if something's covered and we can adjust our route, it's great. You remember last year we were playing, um, ashland and we had a big third down and we hit Kutchard on. it looked like a wheel stop you know he he ran a wheel route the corner bailed you know we thought they were going to be in cover one and you know they jump in three and the corner bails and he gets 10 yards and he just stops you know and we hit him right there on you know that he wasn't supposed to do that Mm -hmm. he was supposed to run a wheel route but he knows corners bailing i'm just going to stop right here and take a 10 yard gain and turn it into a 17 yard gain you know so um yeah, we're, not, we're never just going to run into coverage. Our kids are going to find grass and adjust their routes.
1: So kind of switching gears here outside the skill position and more to your job in general, mm-hmm. you're a co-offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, with most coordinators, it's, you just, it's the one guy calling the plays, whether right. on the offense or the defense. How does that work with having two guys? Do you guys kind of have an idea of what you want to run or who has the final say in the play call?
0: Uh, well, it's – you know, I never – yeah, number one, I you know, I love working with Mazur and he and I work so good together. I mean it's you know I never thought I could do that. Um, but I mean I don't have an ego. He doesn't have an ego. We don't care about titles, we care about winning football games for Maslin Tigers. And um, you know, when when I came in, you know, of course I was hired as a quarterback coach, but you know, I had a lot of experience calling plays and, and, and Running an offense, and you know, um, Maser Mazer actually brought it up. Thought it was a good idea if I got more involved, and um, so I did. You know, we kind of where we are today, and um, you know, uh, it works well. You know, he Mazer really focuses more on the run game. Although he's he, he he's one of the first offensive line guys I've met. That's that's really good in the pass game too, which is which helps. You know, but he he focuses really uh, on the run game. Run game planning, scripting, that kind of thing. Um, Kel and I really handle the pass game, um, with the and and you know kind of with the pass game and going through that. And then you know we kind of bring it all together with the whole staff. We meet, sit down, and with the protections and kind of bring it all together. And then um, you know uh, we just go from there. You know, I we kind of divvied up the duties as far as practice preparation you know on who's scripting what and who's drawing cards for this and who's drawing cards for that you know kind of divvy up the the duties um you know because because normally it's on one guy to do all that so he and i kind of divvy up the the practice um plan and practice scripts and cards and all that and then when we get to friday night you know I'm, I, I call the place and of course you know he he makes you know suggestions or he you know he calls places too you know hey hey let's let's run this you know and boom call it you know we just kind of work together at it you know it works great you know I've never I this is the first time I've ever done it you know, I've never I've never worked together with someone like that but uh, I love it it's I don't you know honestly I couldn't see going doing it another way I mean it's it's been awesome
1: so. Kind of a last general question before we get into McKinley and uh, Week Eleven coming up here. Can I think people kind of just sitting back watching the game? They see you know us run plays, or if you play you know Madden or NCAA, you just kind of pick up play call or something. Can you kind of get into what goes into any one play call? Like what you have to roll through through your mind, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, <laughs> first thing is is yeah, it's, it's a lot. You know, and you you do that Monday through, or or really Saturday through Thursday. You 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 prepare as much as you can. Um, Personnel, you got to really think about personnel. You know, um, defensive personnel. You know, who's their best D end. You know, are they even front over front? What are our best runs versus these fronts? What are our best pass plays for these for these coverages? All right, and then. Once you get in a game, you know it's it's you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, you know. But then then you got to be able to, to to you know down a distance is is big, you know. Um, it's 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 a real unique way. It's hard to explain what you go through when you call an offense, you know. So it's really a feel, you know. And and it's gonna be different every Friday night, and and you got to be willing to. You know, uh, adjust. You got to be willing to to take what the defense is giving you. um, And you got to make sure you're really prepared for whatever they may throw at you. Um, you And what goes into a play call? You look at the fronts, look at the coverages. You know, how are they playing something? You know, are they adjusting to something? Are they anticipating? Is the defense coordinator anticipating something that you did last week on third and three? You know, know, because. Sometimes and sometimes you just got to be put it on your kids and say, "All right, hey, they know we're running power right on second and one. Let's go get it done." You know, who cares if they know it's coming? You know, and, and so you know, a lot goes into it. It's all about preparation. It's all about preparing. It's all about working hard Saturday through Thursday and and being as prepared mentally as you can. So focused <laughs> on what's going on and being able to decipher information you're getting from the guys upstairs and, and the guys on the sideline.
1: All right, so kind of shifting gears here a little bit. We're going to, you know, get into the McKinley game, break that down a little bit. Um, offensively, I thought they did a, a pretty good job. I don't know if I said it on here or not, but I figured they'd have to get the quarterback involved in the run game a little mm-hmm. more, just – Called option plays, you know, even though he didn't necessarily carry the ball that much more, it's still a lot of the plays they ran still had an option look to them. Um, I th- there were a few plays, especially the one it was um they scored on. It was a trips right, play action boot right, throwback screen to the halfback. You know, that was something I was expecting from Coach B. He's always, in one way or another, found a way to make that screen game work and dressed it up however it needed to be. And, you know, I, I know we mentioned that on here, and I thought that was just a tremendous play call. Um, overall, you know, I thought it, at the end of the day, our defense just played better than they did. They still played a great game. Everybody played hard. And whether or not there were a couple little bit of extracurricular going on, you know, that's part of the game. Right. Was there anything else from their offensive side that you saw in particular?
0: No, I thought, you know, early on they did a really good job with some of that tight end stuff they were doing. Um, but uh, but uh, Coach McConnell did a great job adjusting and, and getting that fixed. And, you know, they did pretty much what, what we expected, you know, and I thought they played well. Quarterback is as advertised. I think he's a really good football player, you know. So, um but uh, we did – I thought we did a great job holding them to 17 points. You know, we, they were on a short field a couple times, you know, especially on the on the opening kickoff coming out of half. That was, you know, our, our kids did a great job holding them out up until, you know, the, he fumbled and they recovered in the end zone, you know. But, uh, you know, they scored on a short field there. But other than that, if you think about it, that was that one opening drive – where they scored on the screen, you know. After that, our defense settled in and played lights out. I thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed in general that I, mean, I think McKinley brought a pretty solid, you know, game to us, and you know, our defense really stepped up and you know took it on. Uh, talking offensively though, um, on our side of the ball, it seems like we, we didn't pass the ball quite as much mm-hmm. as normal uh, in the stat sheet. You know, it's not a typical Maslin game. Uh, was that more based off of their defense, the weather, you know, combination of all of it?
0: Yeah, it was a, it was more of how they were playing us, you know, um, you know, going into it, we were prepared for the odd stack, you know, and and they 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 got an odd stack, but they also gotten some even front stuff too, which we we expected, we th- we figured we were like, there's no way they're going to just sit in the odd stack all night against us, and um, you know, they've always been even front team they were last year so so we knew we would get some even front stuff you know but they were they were playing really off our guys you know they're you know had a safety over the top of Jaden the whole time and you know on some third and longs you know they it was almost it's kind of strange coverage it's almost three you know they had three deep you know like cover three but then they had the the outside backers really bell in too you know so they you know to me they they said, all right, we're not going to get beat over the top. If they're going to beat us, they're going to beat us running the football. And um, that's what we did. Our offense line did a tremendous job. Jameer, I mean, you know, shoot, what do you have at halftime? You know, 100 and something, 60 yards or whatever. But, you know, um, and in those type of games, you know, going back to calling a game, you know, you got the feel of things. We are moving it pretty solid on the ground and – didn't really feel the need to, to push it over the top. Now, whether we scored on a couple of touchdown passes, I don't know.
1: You know. Yeah. You uh, know, it's 17
0: I, points. To I'm get biased, the but board. I thought <laughs> that, I thought his foot was in. But I'm biased. I don't know what you guys thought. What you all think?
2: I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, pictures and, you know, video online that definitely make it seem like – The second
0: know. one, live, was mm-hmm. a no-brainer to me. Mm-hmm. The first one, I was like, well, maybe he bobbled or whatever. I don't know. But I thought that, I thought we scored on both of those, to be
2: honest. Yeah, it definitely looked like it. You know, looking back at the pictures online, there's yeah. a lot of people on our side. Uh, but getting into that real quick, I mean, how, how do the players respond to that? You know, potentially thinking you had a big score that got taken away, you know, from their point of view. I mean, is, is there... A shift in in mentality that you have to get them back into the game well, afterwards,
0: especially in that game. You mm-hmm. know, the first one it was like, all right, hey, whatever, next play, yeah. And and I tell that to Aiden all the time before every kickoff. I say, hey, you know, something good happens next play. Something bad happens next play. Have that have that next play mentality. And you know, the first one it was like, all right, hey, shake it off. We're gonna get the ball back, whatever. You know, it is what it is. Second one, we had to reel them in a little bit. You know, hey, relax, it's fine. You know, Next play. You know, it's almost like, but that's the mentality our kids have had all year long. You remember when we played Montclair? You know, as a quarterback, I mean, you throw a, You know, we get an RPO tipped up, pick six. You know, and then and then get just um, just just get smoked on a blitz that we, we had a bust on and, and just got smoked on and then and then the very next play drops a 72yard dime for a touchdown to Adrian. you know that's the type of mentality our kids have had um, all year in my opinion and they just play the next play. you know um, you can't you know let frustration get to you as coaches too you can you can't you know it's one play at a time. And, uh, and I thought our kids did a really good job of that on Saturday because there was a couple times, you know, the touchdown that called back on the opening drive, you know, said we had someone moving um, on the quarterback sneak, you know, we end up having to kick a field goal there, you know. So you just got to have that next play mentality is what I try to tell them.
1: Uh, kind of getting to the X's and O's a little bit, that new formation we presented, the ace, yeah. with the double tight and the wide receiver out of each side, was that something that you saw McKinley had trouble with earlier in the year? Was that something maybe that, the structurally speaking, the 3-3 stack has trouble with, or was it something else?
0: Think, you know, The stack, they had to walk those two edge guys down. And we felt like if you're going to walk those two edge guys down, you know, we're going to get what we want in the box. But then how are you going to defend Ballard and Morgan out there? What are you going to do coverage-wise to make up for that? You know, or are you going to take one of the stack guys down and put one of the the outside backers over the top of Trey and Jaden, which they did a few times, and then we really got what we want in the box. So it, it was kind of a, you know, all right, let's see how they align to this. You know, never gave it to us. They never, they never gave it where they said, okay, we're going to load the box in this front, and we're going to put one-on-one out here, and we had it ready to go. As soon as they did it, I was going to call it. You know, but where we went over the top with those two, but um, you know they they, you know they were making sure we weren't beating them over top, and we did a really good job of being patient and taking what they're giving us up front. So, so more it's trying to control those outside backers is what, and and trying to make them force their hand to align a certain way we want them to align.
1: I guess really the only other main X's and O's question I have. we didn't really call many tag screens on our runs. Was that just like what the defense was giving us or was that kind of more the mentality of we're going to pound the ball and punch you in the face?
0: Well, it, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Miller, we should have been tagging all night. If you ask Mazer, we should do what we do and pound. And but no, nah, I'm just joking. But Hindsight, I wish we would have tagged more. You know, you go back and you look at film, and you can do that any time. I wish we would have tagged a little more. Um, and Miller said it. Miller said it on Saturday. Hey, we need to tag more. You know, and um, hindsight, we should have. But you know, we felt like you know we were getting what we wanted in the run game. We were just you know ramming it in there, eating clock, and um, you know, it's just how that game went. You know, and like like late in the game when we were down there and it was, you know, we had to ball and we just kept running the same play trying to stick it in. Yeah, there was a couple of times I'm like, man, that's a great RPO look, you know. But I wasn't gonna be the most hated man in Maslin, call some RPO and they pick six it and go <laughs> for two and win the game or something. You know what I mean? I mean you got to be smart, mm-hmm. you know. And and at that point in the game, we just felt like. You know, in certain parts of the game, we felt like, let's just keep, let's trust it. Let's put it on the trench life and keep pounding.
1: One more X's and O's question. Um, it, it seemed like we ran a lot more inside zone, ISO type concepts mm-hmm. against them than we usually do. Uh, and, even against you know going all the way back to Glen Oak the first time this year we faced a 3-3 stack. Is that more just like how that play presents against that defense or is it how we run it better against that defense or is there something else to yeah.
0: there? Well, when you think about a 3-3 stack, what are they doing? They're moving. They're moving. And so – Yeah, sometimes inside zone really exploits it you know you can you you can full zone it you know you you can double double team zone it whatever but you know you're really gap sound when you do that you know um when you start blocking power against a bunch of movement you end up getting some run throughs and things like that you know and we adjust our power we run our power a little different sometimes too against odd stack which may you know Again, Mazur comes up with some great stuff in the run game. He's a straight dude when it comes to coaching ball. And, um, you know, so yeah, we just felt like inside zone was a good run for us um, this week. And, we, I, you know, I, I've always liked inside zone versus 3-3 three, three stack just because there's so many moving parts. And I think zone can really help cover up some of that. You know, and um, sometimes you get some run-throughs when you run power against all that movement. And we thought they were going to blitz a lot more than what they did, too, and they didn't didn't blitz as much as we were anticipating.
2: So as expected, the McKinley game, you know, a tough, fought-out battle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the one thing that a lot of people might say about this Madison team, you know, they're undefeated. Uh, They've only been, you know, really down to one team all year. Uh, how will they respond? You know, when, when they are in a tough situation. You I know, mean, we we've touched on that mindset a few times, but how has a game like McKinley, you know, a game like East St. Louis, you know, kind of prepared the kids? You know, reinforce that mindset they have. You know, to play the next play to keep fighting.
0: Yeah, it it, it does tremendous. You know, me as a coach, I you know, I I I don't like those roller coasters. I like them at the end when we win. You know, I was like, man, that was fun. But you know i think it's good for our kids you know to, to get pushed like that for four quarters you know we hadn't you know and, and looking at the schedule at the beginning of year you know we had all those running clocks i didn't see that coming you know i didn't you know i didn't see that when i watched film of montclair i didn't i didn't think it was going to be like that but you know they they played man coverage and we hit some shots and then you know they fumbled those two kickoffs you know and it just snowballed on them kind of but you know um it's, it's kind of a mentality that Coach Mazer and I try to do on offense. We always say, hey, it's it's everything we do around here is fourth and one. That's the mentality we take. You know, even as coaches, when we're in there grinding away, watching film on the whiteboard, you know, coming up with stuff or, you know, just little detail. We're detailed about everything we do offensively. You know, we joke about it, you know, because – you know, I show you my phone right now. I got a text from John Mazer like 5:50 this morning. You know, it's about a paragraph long dissertation about something about the run game. Yeah, you know, but that's the mentality we try to we try to hold ourselves accountable to. You know, hey, it's fourth and one every single minute in masculine football, and we try to and our kids feed off that. They see that from us, and they're going they're going to work like that. Every rep matters. You know, whether it's practice, warming up, you know, whatever we do. And it's meaningful, and it, it's it's the intensity that we want. So I think when we get in those four quarter games, I think that's when you see it. You know, like our kids didn't waver Saturday. We had to pump. I mean, we're driving down. We we got to score. You know, and the C. Jameer just pushing, 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 and spin out of that arm tackle. And you know, I wish he would have scored on that one, but he he got tripped up. You know, but but that's the mentality we try as coaches to put on the kids. You know, and and and. You know, it's a good reflection if they see us, you know, hey, you know, um, coaching the little details and, you know, like I said, fourth and one mentality, everything we do, you know, and, and, and the kids feed off of it. I think it helps them during when, you know, when things get tough.
1: Yeah, so kind of shifting gears here. You know, McKinley week, it's special time in Maslin, but we got to move on. It's week 11, and like you said, now more than ever, it's that fourth-and-one mentality. Mm. All we have guaranteed is this next game. So looking ahead here to Walnut Ridge, uh, offensively, they're kind of a spread team. You know, they like to live in... uh, two by two four wide if they could toss the ball around they'll go in some tight end fullback sets move those guys around a little bit run some power uh run some inside zone stuff like that they have actually a pretty good screen game um their quarterback he they'll run a little bit of option with him if his read's not there on a pass he has no problem you know pulling the ball down getting what he can they they tend to have a lot of athletes on their team, and I it looks like they kind of live through that. You know, maybe they're not the most fundamentally sound, but they got the dudes that can and the talent that can kind of make up for that lack of fundamentals. Um, their line doesn't seem that great. I feel like we can push them around a lot. We they have three dudes on their offensive line who are two way players. Their entire defensive line is two way. I I feel like that's something we can really take advantage of um in the passing game you know they're they're a big fan of the slant bubble and the uh this slant flat concept uh they even work the wheel route in there a little bit um they like to go four verts a lot the fade route and beyond that you know not much there like i said they kind of live through their athletes more so than the system uh was there anything else in there that you saw yeah yeah it's funny because
0: i i run the scout team um so I, I get a good look at all their stuff they do, and they, they, you're right on it. They run a little smash stuff. They like like throwing smash, Try to sneak that athlete number four. I don't know what his name, or whatever number four, the really good athlete. Try to sneak him up the pipe off smash from the fullback position. They do some things like that, and um, but you hit you hit it. I don't I don't I don't watch a lot of the the film on them, but I do see the scout book that coach mcconnell coach leno prepare so because i'm running the scout team so i you know you hit you you hit it pretty much there a lot of zone power counter so a lot of screens a lot of motion they like shift a lot too
1: mm-hmm. so so yeah i mean you know you'll see us i think we'll i feel like we're going to dominate the line a lot uh maybe a little bit more press coverage um blitz a bit you know really get after them but Maybe not too much. You, it, you can blitz, but you have to be, you really have to look for that screen, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, they can, a team can really catch you off guard with that. It, it, Warren, especially, it sticks out in my mind. We caught a blitz right into a screen and the kid took it to the house. He's a D1 player and I think that's what, they got a bunch of, maybe not D1 guys, but a bunch of dudes there still. Yeah. Um, defensively, they run a 3-4, very similar to what we run. I think it quarters a lot, a little more playing off, but I'll let you get into that.
0: Yeah, they ba- they base out of three four and and they'll give they'll give you some four down every now and then, like an underlook. But they're just walking that backside guy, what we call an obi. They walk him down. But you know, they bring some edge pressure. You know, they don't blitz a ton, you know, but when they do blitz, they bring the the Sam and Obi and they bring those two outside guys off the edge you know and try to pinch with the four technique and you know so they will bring some edge pressure you know play a lot of cover 4 um, they will roll some to cover 3 they'll roll you know, if they're bringing off one off the edge they'll they'll fill that in with with the safety down they'll rotate the other one so they'll roll to some cover 3 um uh, middle linebacker, uh, number two, I think he's the Mike. I mean, they switch back and forth. Number two, yeah, the Mike backer, number two. He, he does a good job. Uh, he's a really good athlete. Number four is their sound backer. He's probably their best defensive player uh, in my mind. Um, you know, not overly big up front. You know, just – you know, they play hard. You know, and it, it, it's hard, hard to gauge, you know, because, it, you know, who they're playing. You know, I don't know much about those teams down there and – you know, we're uh, obviously we're gonna pay, prepare for them like we would anyone. You know, but uh, we'll see. We gotta go out and play well. Um, we gotta gotta do some things and, and you know take advantage of them playing quarters and some stuff underneath and and run the football and um, just take care of business one play at a time like we do every week. So, you know, I, I you know. We're not looking ahead of them. I can tell you that much. Right now, you know, they're they're they got some players. They got two Division One kids on defense. Um, I think number four has a Kentucky offer. I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a yeah, he's got a Kentucky offer. Another one of them has a. Um, has a Cincy of offer, I think number thirteen or 11, thirteen has a, yeah thirteen has a has a Cincy of offer. So you know they got some Division one kids, you know, and they 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 look good in the skill position. They're long and rangy and athletic and active. Their linebackers are real active. So we gotta go out there and play football on Friday night. We gotta do a great job. So and like I tell our kids, you know, anything can happen round one, you know, you gotta get any any playoff run I've ever been associated with toughest task was getting through round one. You know, so you gotta get through round one. So uh, we got our work cut out for us Friday.
1: Uh, like you said, you know, you don't know about their level of competition. I don't know much about it either. Right. But to go nine and one and only be the eight seed, it's, it
0: Yeah, kinda, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. if you look at their scores, I mean, they're winning convincingly. I mean, they're scoring a lot of points, not giving up a lot, and yeah. You know, hey, they won. Hey, we got a football team coming in that's won nine games. So we got to be. We better be ready to roll.
1: Like you said, they like to live in quarters, uh, you know, too high safeties. Have, besides St. V, have we really seen anybody that likes to stay in too high? Miller,
0: Miller and I had this conversation last week. We just hadn't – I mean, this is, we hadn't seen as much too high as we normally do, um, which is people just – you know, this is you know, tip of the hat to our OL and what our what our guys have done up front running the football. I mean, people, you know, think the answer is to, to roll down and – play with one high or go man and load the box. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We hadn't seen a lot
2: of it. Like Hank uh, said earlier, they do have a few players that go both ways. Uh, I mean, both of the players that you were talking about with the Division One offers, some of their more talented receivers. Uh, is that something that, as an offense coordinator, you pay attention to, you know, if, if a team has all three of their defensive linemen going both ways? 100%.
0: You know, we were talking about tempo earlier, you know um, – if we, if we got a lot of guys playing both ways and we know that you know and they they go on a long drive on defense i mean on offense and then we get to football you know we, we may want to go you know go a little faster and, and you know maybe throw our tag screens out there to make them run you know so as much as we can get those guys you know let's say you know, or or you know a dn you know if he's played a lot of snaps over on offense let's let's run at him you know, let's run power at him. See if he can sit there and and, and block our guys, and then turn around, and take on. You know, sit there and try to wrong on power all night after he's been blocking on offense. Of course, you know, that's something we we really look at. You know, so if they're going both ways, we want to speed the tempo up a little bit and and make them run. You know, so you know, hopefully, hopefully they all play both ways.
1: Yeah, uh, to put a bow on it. Um Special teams wise, it doesn't. They don't show too much. Their kicker kind of sprays it around a bit. Um, but really, I don't think they've been punched in the mouth like they're going to see on Friday night, and that's going to be the biggest thing. You know, it might look like another McKinley game where we don't our skill guys don't put up flashy numbers, but we just pound the rock all night.
0: Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, but uh, we definitely that's our number one. Go- that's on our offensive goals. You know, and and. And Coach Mazur makes it a point to tell our OL that one of our goals is to run power. And so, you know, obviously that's that's what we believe in.
1: Yeah, so that's about all we can get into with Wannert Ridge. Um, you know, if everybody can show up, be there, have that atmosphere. I know East St. Louis and the McKinley game as well, that – the coaches and the players specifically said like how loud we got, they could feel that down on the field. So, you know, if oh, every, no doubt if everybody, you know, comes out, turns out, and this is our last home game this year. This yep. is the last time we get to see yep. Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. So yep. it you know, I I can't think of a better way to see it go than a sold out crowd.
0: No doubt. The kid the kids love it. So everybody come to the game. Kids love it.
1: And beyond that, you know, we don't have much housekeeping left since pretty much all the the blood drive, the food drive, all that stuff's ended. But, you know, you can find us on Facebook, uh, the Blackstorm Podcast, on Twitter, at the Blackstorm Pod, and Gmail, uh, the Blackstorm Podcast at gmail.com, comments, questions, concerns. I think we officially made it after, I think it was Sunday evening or something, we had... uh, argument going on in our mentions about whether Maslin recruits or not but <sighs> you, you never really made it on Twitter until you got two randos arguing in your mentions that have nothing to do with anything you said so. yeah, tell telling
0: them to get out of your mentions.
1: <laughs>
2: I just sat back and watched it burn. Yeah. That's... See Hank enjoys that stuff. I, I had to turn the notifications off on my phone. No. Oh no I was having a good time. It was fun.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know beyond that um we'll kind of get into our our last segment we always have with guests the rapid fire questions but really before that I have one more question I want to ask about right. Astrax tell us about the lizard man down <laughs> south
0: you know I mean I got I got a lot of people like like dicker who he I mean he don't believe me <laughs> he, he's but yeah I mean he, he he's just a southern hater is what I've come up with he he doesn't like southerners. You know, so next time y'all see show, tell him, you know, you, you know he, he just doesn't like Southerners. You know, anyway, um, so Digger don't believe me, but the rest of the guys on staff, believe me, and it is it is, the, it is the truth. There is a lizard man in Lee County, South Carolina. It's a little town of Bishopville. You know, I'm from MacBee, and Bishopville is about 15 miles um, east or southeast There's a, there's a, between that, there's a swamp there and that's where he lives and he eats chrome off bumpers and, you know, nobody's seen him since the 80s, but I like to think he's still there. I remember growing up, like, like tonight's Halloween, ain't it? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. Halloween tonight. yeah You know, nights like this, I was scared to go trick or treat you know, and down (laughs) south, there ain't all these neighborhoods that go trick-or-treating. I mean, you got to walk to go get some candy you know because everybody don't live in neighborhoods and stuff you live I now mean, I grew up out in the country you know so and, and it's um, you, know, you had to be careful out there and I mean you can google it and there's there's people that've seen him there's some drawings out there on the internet of him um, there's, there's pictures of bumpers where the chrome has been eaten off and it's a true thing I mean it was a big deal in the 80s I mean they made t-shirts and everything you know I man made national news i mean so i mean i don't know if y'all ever want to take a trip down to south carolina you know we'll take Stu with us and uh you know we'll go down there with that with a crossbow or something
1: you know <laughs> that, that was my try only, to
0: find the try to find the
1: lizard man that was my only question is can you kill it
0: yeah, I don't. There ain't no law. There ain't a lot of hunting laws down south. You can kind of just hunt whatever you want to hunt down there. But
1: all right, so you know,
0: so yeah, I'm sure you can
1: kill a lizard man if you see him. I got my hunting trip
2: planned this winter,
1: off season.
0: <laughs> no, but, but but it really is true. Yeah. I don't know why people don't like Dickerhoof. <laughs> don't want to believe it.
2: Is is the lizard man like a one single lizard man, or is it its own type of like animal well, they, thing?
0: They say he can go underwater. But I—I I mean, lizards. Is,
2: there, is there only one of them?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. That's what the legend is. Uh, there's only one. There's the one lizard man. I don't know if he's got any others. I mean, I don't know, but I do know there's one. I know that for sure. And I'm not just joking. I believe in it. I mean, I was legit scared when <laughs> I was a kid to go out by that. It's Beaver Dam Creek. It's right outside of Bethune, South Carolina, in between. Bishopville and Macby. And that's where he lives.
1: I mean, we've had three guests come in already, each telling us about the lizard man, and I was about on it and you just sold me on it. So Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's true. Look it up, Google it. There's some videos on YouTube, you know, some news reports when he was seen. So I don't know. I d I don't the evidence is there. I don't understand why Dicker Hoof <laughs> will not buy into it. So,
1: hello. I'm in all the way in. So, uh, uh, well, after that, you know, let's get into it. Rapid fire questions.
2: Right. Rob, you can lead off. How many different states have you been to? Man,
0: at least fifteen. At least went out west this summer. It was awesome. Went to Utah, Montana. Wyoming, yeah, that was it. So, yeah, at least fifteen. I do know that.
1: I'd call that well traveled. Yeah, salad. You know. all
0: right. Does, Does Jamaica count?
1: Almost. Almost. No. <laughs> um, this is your question, but I, I I'm alone on the hill here. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
0: Um, absolutely not. I, I mean, it's a, it's a hot dog. <laughs> a sandwich is like a tomato sandwich or or banana. Y'all don't eat banana sandwiches and tomato sandwiches up here, do you?
1: I know of them, but you just reach for two sandwiches that are not like a mainstay of the Midwestern diet.
0: Okay, yeah. Like a mater sandwich with um, lettuce and pepper. That's- Good
2: stuff.
1: I call that a hamburger without the hamburger. It's
0: no, like, it's on it's on white bread, bunny. That's like, white bread. It's like
2: almost a BLT. Yeah,
0: it's close. <laughs> yeah. It's close, it's but you know, sometimes yeah. you can't, you know, you can't find any bacon. I, I just wanted to But t- no, a hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: I just want to take this opportunity to clarify my argument. All right. A hot dog is a subcategory of a sandwich. It is two it is a piece of meat in between two buns. It's kind of like how all thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers
2: are thumbs. On to the next question. <laughs> All right. Would you rather your shirts always be one size too small or two sizes too large?
0: I don't like big shirts. I like it's too small. I'd have to roll that way.
1: Nice and fit. I like it. Go-to pump-up song? Ooh. Travis
0: Tritt, It's a Great Day to Be Alive. (laughs) Do y'all know that one?
1: I do, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I know that one, too. Yep. not a country guy but i know that one it's yeah, good. That's a,
0: yeah, it gets me all jacked up now you know i'm for of game a little bit of rap music but i
2: love some. Yeah, not if a, i'm not that. a traditional pump-up song yeah yeah
0: that thing that gets me jacked up <laughs>
2: <laughs> how far of a drive is it for maslin to your hometown
0: 13 hours yeah 13 hours now 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 that's like stopping every you know that's with the stops and all, so mm-hmm. about thirteen hours.
1: How far straight through?
0: I can get there in ten. In ten, although my wife argues that with me, but I, if I if it was just me rolling down, ten hours, baby. I did get a ticket coming down one time in Virginia. Favorite hobby. <laughs> I don't really have any hobbies. I'm a football coach, so I don't really have any hobbies.
1: Big football guy answer football. right there. Yeah. Honestly, I,
0: I mean, I'm trying to think of. I used to play golf, then I had kids, you know, and then, you know, now I just I'm I don't know. I don't really have any hobbies. I need to get with Stu and like make squat my my hobby.
2: Heavy back squats. Yeah,
0: maybe that, you know, this off-season. Maybe I can develop a, that.
1: <laughs> Heavy back squats never fail. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like
0: playing Madden with my son. I guess that mm-hmm. could be a hobby. Radiograms, yeah. there you
2: go. Yeah. What was the first vehicle that you ever drove? Man, I had this sweet Chevy.
0: What was that thing called? What? It was like a little pickup. S10. I had a sweet... Little S ten pickup
1: truck. All right, they make a movie about it wasn't her. that sweet, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> All right, they make a movie about your life. Who plays you, man?
0: Steven Seagal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never heard him try a southern accent. Well,
0: he was Italian in one movie. Dicker pointed out the other day that. Or was it um, Hard to Kill? He was Italian.
1: I I need this maid now just to see him talk with a southern
0: accent. Yeah, I'd like to see that, too. <laughs> but he's a tough son of a gun. If you can come out of a coma and whip somebody's tail in a hospital bed, that's who
2: I want playing me in a movie. I kind of go to go along with that. Right? Yeah. It's true.
0: Yeah. I mean, all he had was he was in the hospital bed, just came out of a year coma and had a broomstick and escaped two people trying to kill him.
2: That's impressive. That's
1: very impressive. I'd put that on my resume.
2: <laughs> what TV series sitcom could you see yourself being a part of? Man. Hmm.
0: Sitcom. See, I'm not really a sitcom guy. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. You
2: could be part of the Simpsons. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: All
1: right. I like it. I do. They have. Is them? that a
0: sitcom? Is that considered a sitcom? That's that's fine. I'm not really sci-fi. I'm not really. That's into pretty much what well I'm well going, going for. It. I mean, I it, that counts. it counts. It counts. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. really a sitcom guy. So <laughs> that's not real. No, uh, That works. That bad. plays.
1: That plays. All right. My last one here. Not including the lizard man mm-hmm. because he's obviously real. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite conspiracy theory?
0: Yeah, the lizard man's not a conspiracy. <laughs> Stuff's real. Um, I really, truly, and, and I'm very, I really think Tupac is in Malaysia. I mean, I, I just, I know it. You know, I think I think Tupac is
1: alive. That's a nice, just enough off the wall that you know, I'm I'm not sold on he's dead, so I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I've I've seen some things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. seems like he's overseas it's somewhere. I think yeah. you know,
1: I'm not all know. in one way or the other. I mean, yeah. I'm not fully bought in like the lizard man. So, <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I think I think Tupac's alive.
2: One football coach, past or present. That you could be on their staff, who would it be? Man, that's tough.
0: There's two that stick out, and they're totally different. I can I have two? Sure. Yeah. I Nick Saban, obviously. You know Just just to be around the detail and the and the grind and the the having to be on it twenty four seven. I remember I remember going down to their spring ball one time and. And sitting in on their defensive back meeting, Jeremy Pruitt's running it, and Coach Saban walks in. Coach Pruitt puts down the marker and sits down with the kids, and Saban just goes to work. You know, and it's just you know just being around him, I think, would be awesome. Um, from a day to day, from what we don't see, because that grinds real at Alabama. I had a couple kids play there. Uh, Josh Dickerson was a defensive tackle for us, and he went he went there won two national championships and he used to talk about all the time about you know i mean it's it's like that i mean that grind is day to day and you know that's why they win and then um the other one's mike leach and, you know which is on the other side of the <laughs> spectrum you know and we got a coach on staff that worked with him at kentucky coach o one of our strength coaches and um i just think it'd be fun to be around both those mentalities and and just just
2: Try to learn as much as you can. Because
0: Leach would be a lot of fun to be around, too, I think.
2: Yeah, I I definitely enjoy his press conferences. Oh, they're awesome.
1: Absolutely electric
2: human They're awesome.
0: Being. You know, he's the type of guy to sit around and talk about the Lizard Man, too. <laughs> He'd get into that.
1: I, so. I I feel like he's the kind of guy that's fully in, already on it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick Saban's not hearing anything <laughs> about the Lizard Man, trust me.
0: He, doesn't, he probably could care less.
1: <laughs> Unless he could... Uh, Recruit him, unless you could recruit him.
0: I bet you the lizard man could play five technique. I promise you that. Be tremendous. Take a wrong ten. arm a power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So that's all the questions I got. Uh, Coach Trox, it was great having you here. It was a fun time. And, Enjoyed it. Uh, Hey, you're welcome back anytime. Um, and until then, you know, go Tigers, beat Walnut Ridge.
0: I see it. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.